Hi, folks. Dale York, Just Fish Outdoors, and uh, I've got on the podcast with me today Trent McBride of McBride Outside, and he's he's a very, very knowledgeable, uh, awesome guy that's uh, around the northeast Oklahoma area. And today we're going to talk about uh, the hybrids, which is one of his main species that he fishes for. And we're going to talk about how these fish migrate. We're going to talk about the seasonal patterns. We're going to talk about tips and and uh, things that he uses to find these fish and catch these fish. And, uh, you know, he's he's just very, very skilled at doing this. So, uh, hello, Trent. How are you doing today? Good, Dale. How are you? I'm doing fine, sir. Why don't you introduce yourself and your business and tell us a little bit about what you do and where you do it? Yes, sir. My name is Trent McBride. I own McBride Outside Guide Service. Um, one of my main species that I like to guide for is hybrid stripers on Sky Took Lake. Um, I also guide for crappie, sand bass, catfish, and spoonbill, um, and stripers when they're biting on keystone. Um, you can get a hold of me on my, my phone number is 918-991-9749. Or you could also contact me through my website at mcbrideoutside.com or you can find me on Facebook as well. Yeah. Why don't you spell that, uh, last name for you, Trent? Sure. Sure. It's McBride, M-C-B-R-I-D-E. Yeah. And then outside. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, folks. And I, I fished with Trent, and he's uh, he's just fish outdoors approved. He he knows what he's doing. So if you're in the northeast Oklahoma area, or or in the area, or you're traveling, going to be traveling to the area or something, feel free to give Trent a call. Uh, he definitely knows what he's doing. He's got some great equipment, uh, including the great Lawrence and uh, units, and he, and he knows what he's doing. Trent, if you would, let's talk about these hybrids a little bit. Let's uh, let's go through a, a, a yearly or semi-yearly pattern of when you start fishing for these particular species, uh, how they travel, how they migrate, uh, what, what are you looking for when you're trying to find these fish. Just trying to give our listeners some information helpful information where if they have these fish in their area lakes, how should they go about finding and catching these fish? Yeah, I'll usually start late March, early April, uh, looking for the, the fish on the windblown points and back in the pockets, looking for, you know, they're chasing bait back up in there. Uh, we'll look for those. Um, a lot of times we'll uh, cast popping corks or we'll troll with planter boards, you know, up shallow. Um, and just target in those areas like that, and, you know, they'll start producing. And then after they start doing that, uh, they'll start moving out to the deeper water as the, as the, uh, as the year moves on and the, and the water temperature starts increasing. So you, you start seeing this movement or, or migration toward the deeper water, what, around the 1st of May, somewhere around in there? They'll start migrating out. You know, say it's, it's yeah, 1st of May, middle of May. It seems here the past few years that, the bite has really, really been uh, turned on hard in uh, middle middle of May. Yeah, um, you know yeah. when you start finding them out there in the main pockets, just really schooled up and feeding hard. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's typically when uh, our water temperatures are around the the low to mid seventies, wouldn't you say? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Once that water temperature hits seventies, you know they come out of those pockets and out into the deeper water and. 
usually around 30 feet seems to be key, 20, 30 feet. And, yeah. uh, yeah, you, I'm sure you're you're kind of focusing on two uh, river bends and and ledges or or uh, high spots close to river channels, something like that. Anytime you can find any type of structure like that that's close to a river channel, they use those river channels. You know, the old channels. It's, you know, they're kind of like their highways, like we would use our interstates and stuff to get back and forth from where they want to go. Um, so targeting those areas like that are really prime spots. Yeah, and I'm sure you're also keying in on on bait because uh, you know these fish. From my humble experience, I don't have the experience you do chasing them, but from my humble experience, you know they don't go very far from the buffet, so they're <laughs> they're around bait fish absolutely. pretty much all the time. Yeah, absolutely. If you can find the bait fish, you'll find the fish, uh, and, which sometimes is a hard thing on sky too. Now, fortunately, right. ODWC has been stocking shad uh, the past few years. To right. help that out and i've been seeing a lot more bait uh bait balls on sky too. so that's that's a good thing now um, how how are you targeting these fish as far as uh, catching and what what kind of rig what kind of rod and reel are you using what 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 do you primarily rig up with well i'll start with the rod i use a medium heavy action rod usually a, either a bait caster or a uh, spin cast um i it varies depending on the client um I usually use 30-pound braid with a 20-pound fluorocarbon leader, and in most situations, I'll fish downline Carolina rig with about an ounce, a three-quarter to an ounce and a half weight, depending on the size of the bait and the wind and, and you know, all that. Yeah, and the leader is. will also help determine, be determined by the motion of the water and stuff like that. Um, and then I'll usually use about a two-aught uh, circle hook, two to three-aught circle hook. Uh, on the end of that leader. What other ways that I fish is just a free line. Uh, we'll go straight from the braid with about six or eight feet of, uh, of a 20 pound fluorocarbon with just a hook and sometimes a split shot and then put a live shad on the end of that and just cast it out either side. And the other way is just, uh, you know, a small, basically take your Carolina rig that you're down fishing with downline fishing with and just cast it out like you would catfish with. Yeah. A lot of times they're sitting on bottom chasing. So just a few different presentations to see, you know, what they want. Um, some days they want live bait. Some days they want cut bait. Um, you just have to find what they want that day. Now, when you're talking about bait, I'm, I'm fairly fairly sure you're talking about gizzard and threadfin shad. Is that correct? Absolutely, yes, sir. Gizzard and threadfin shad are our primary bait source that, that we catch around here. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, probably uh, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like rolling a pork chop through a dog pound. When you you don't get a bite, you get assaulted with that with those live shad. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Boy, if you're holding on to it, which, and if it's not in a rod holder and you're holding on to it, you better hold on tight. Yank it out of your hand. Yeah, they they do hit hard. My gosh, it's just crazy. And and when you get on a pretty good sized school, I'm sure you know if you got three or four people in your boat, it's just chaos. It is a three-ring circus at times. Uh, it's, it, it is so fun when it's like that. There's so many times during the spring where we'll come across a large school and we'll end up with no rods in the water because everybody's <laughs> trying to get the fish off. And, Folks, know, it's just all you can do. 
Yeah, folks, let me tell you, you know, if you have young children, you know, that uh, are are wanting to fish or kind of have a a knack for wanting to get into fishing and uh, you you don't have the equipment, you know, to take them, you don't have a boat, you don't have a motor, et cetera, et cetera, uh, give Trent a call. I mean, there is nothing more exciting for a young kid than to take them hybrid fishing and uh you know trent's boat is plenty big enough it's plenty safe and these kids will have a blast and talk about this forever on these hybrid trips so uh you know that's one of the things i wanted to point out that uh these hybrid trips are just insane they get crazy and then you know you get other fish mixed in we'll catch the occasional walleye um and then sometimes especially with kids we'll try to target the white perch that are in there you can just catch those one right after another if you've limited out on hybrids or just having a hard time getting them to bite or something you can almost yeah. always get get the kids on the white perch yeah uh, that, they don't get real big but they sure are fun well that's one of the things about being a talented guide as you are is you know you're able to switch species at the drop of your hat everything changes constantly especially when you're in your business you know guiding uh the wind change, weather change, anything can turn these hybrids off and on sometimes. And to have the capability to and the ability to change species at the drop of your hat and still provide a fun, fun outing for whoever you've got on your boat is a big, big plus for you. That's that's one of my main goals. We have to make the clients happy. That's, that's the main goal. Yeah. So, you know, we've also included, uh, you know, some crappie fishing as well. Uh, it's not my main primary source of, of guiding, but we've added that to the to the lineup in case we limit out or can't find them, we'll go crappie fishing. Uh, well, just add a little bit of extra adding to it, you know. I hear you. I hear you. Well, that takes us through the, the early spring and early summer. So now we're starting to get into late May, June-ish. What, what, are, what are you seeing in this transition where we get into our hot months? Where, where are these fish traveling? Where are they going? Uh, are they getting harder to find? What, what's up with that? They're getting a little bit different. Instead of target them, targeting them in 20 to 30 feet of water, what I find you know, from, say, late June to August is a lot of times you'll find them in, uh, suspended over 50, 60 feet. Now, they're still only down about 30 feet. But they're sitting over that really deep water that's a lot cooler than the shallower water is. Um, we'll target them like that until it just gets to be too hot. And it seems like then, for some reason, they'll kind of move up into the trees. They'll, they'll get up in there where they're getting some shade and stuff from the, from the sun, I suppose. Skies it's pretty clear lake. Yeah, it's, it's uh, for this part of the country, it's, it's pretty clear. And, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't have your experience, but I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying. Uh, those fish come out of that real deep water. And as we know, when those fish get that far suspended, when they're over 60, 70 feet of water and they're 30 feet down, they are much more difficult to catch than what they are when they're closer to the bottom. Suspended fish are just notoriously finicky. Yes, sir, they are. And now, it, one tool that I have to combat that, uh, that Lawrence has come out with, is active target. Right. Um, I'm able to just drop that bait right in front of their face. And <laughs> that is, if you do that and they're not biting, then you know you're not going to catch them. Yeah, you just need but, to move on. <laughs> yeah, move on and find some that's going to do. But that's a tool that I have aboard that is just irreplaceable. 
I, I tell you, I have the active target on my ranger as well, and uh, I tell you, it it, sh- it almost should be illegal. I mean, when I go crappie fishing, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's it's unreal what you can do with this great Lawrence equipment, including active target. It is so precise. You just eliminate so much water, uh, and it makes you just a much more efficient fisherman. And, and you can see how the fish are, fish are reacting. You know, say if you drop a orange and black um, exactly. jig down in front of their face and they don't want it, and then you try a different color and they do, you know, you can you've determined that they they would rather have that than the other yeah that's that's one of the biggest pluses for this active target is being able to get that immediate feedback on between you and the fish and the fish's reaction to whatever you're you're throwing you know i i never knew before active target how many fish i was putting my bait in front of that were totally neutral or would swim away from it uh it, it's it's amazing with that immediate reaction from that fish to what you're throwing to what bait you're using it, how effective that is in catching fish it is it is it's a complete game changer oh definitely. Uh, i mean from anywhere from going and catching bait to something going and catching catfish you know we target just about every species with it right um, just about anything that you can fish for we can see it on active target. Yeah, and you're very, very uh, correct in bringing up the point that, you know, it's very, very species-oriented uh, as far as you can you can fish for anything. Uh, my gosh, uh, it helps you find and locate fish. And like I said, the most immediate factor I think that's a big plus is seeing that reaction from that fish to the bait you're throwing. I, I think that just, uh, boy, that's the cat's meow right there, being able, like you said, to see that fish's reaction and to change baits, change sizes, change presentations, and then see how that same fish reacts to all those changes. It, it's amazing. It sure is. Like I said, it's a game changer. Yes, most definitely. Well, that takes us through uh, summertime. Now we're starting to get into September, October-ish, water temperature those fronts are starting to come through the days are starting to get a little shorter and uh the water temperature's falling so what where are we targeting or where are we locating these fish now this is the kind of the type of year that i fish a whole lot of different species it just depends on what's going on um when the water temperature gets back down into the 70s the hybrids will make uh, a little bit of a presentation for a few weeks as a matter of fact, we've been catching a few of them up shallow here within the past, you know, couple of weeks. Um, but what I mainly try to focus on this time of year is going to be the catfish, spoonbill, and crappie. Wintertime is is phenomenal catfishing season. Oh yeah, um, and of course that's whenever we we do a lot of spoonbill stuff. Follow them around until they make their spring migration up north. But that's that's mainly what I'm targeting this time of year would be. Uh, uh, the catfish, spoonbill, and crappie, and the hybrids whenever they're uh, not in their mood. Yeah, yeah. But we'll find them. Um, you know, oddly enough, I have found on Sky to hybrids anywhere from Beaver Island all the way up north to uh, Bull, Sh- Bull Creek Yeah, in the wintertime. And you just, 
you find them where you find them that time of year. Things like, I've gone out there in 18 degree weather in the middle of January and found them right in front of Beaver Island and had a four man limit in about an hour and a half. Yeah, I've, uh, I've even got a video posted out there on Just Fish Outdoors where I did a hybrid video. Uh, I think it was around the middle of November one year. I'm throwing uh, quarter ounce, uh, three inch sassy sheds, and I'm catching my fish anywhere from four or five feet deep out to about 20 something feet deep. Uh, you bet. It, it's just, it's like they're everywhere and nowhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, even up in the like timber, you, you know, I've yep. even gone up into the timber and, uh, you know, fished the actual creek channels and caught them up in the timber. And boy, you talk about frustrating. <laughs> now that's frustrating <laughs> right there. He's got you wrapped around everything, but, uh, boy, they do. It, it is amazing how the population seems to get once that water temperature gets down into the sixties. There's, you know, those magic numbers where you can find them certain areas, uh, far as the temperature goes yeah let's uh let's talk a little bit let's let's uh, enlighten the folks a little bit what a hybrid is you know folks a hybrid is a cross between a white bass slash sand bass and a striper and you know it's not uncommon for these fish to get up you know seven eight nine ten pounds in some of the lakes that have a really good forage base and in my humble opinion uh uh, feel free to jump in here on this one. Uh, I think and exhibit more of a striper behavior than what they do with sand bass behavior. You find that true, Trent? They seem to take on a pretty good amount of both. You know, they seem to get, you know, the, uh, I don't know, they both have attitudes <laughs> as far as their parent fish goes. And yeah. it seems to make them worse. They're one of my favorite fish to catch as far as fighting. They don't ever give up. And yeah, you're, you're correct about the, about how they're made. And actually, if you go to uh, go to YouTube and go to the ODWC, or I'm sorry, the Outdoor Oklahoma channel, um, we did a, a show last year. I had them aboard, and we did a, a show on how hybrids are made, how the stripers uh, are collected and the eggs are uh, dispersed, and you know the, the sand bass are collected and, and how they uh, disperse the, the milk into the eggs and make the uh, hybrids. Anyway, yeah, it's pretty uh, informational, uh, educational as well. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of interesting the way they do that, and of course, the hybrid is uh, the perfect uh, fish for controlling populations because they're sterile. You, you know, bet. they they don't a very 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 low percentage actually reproduce. And, uh, you know, you can start an argument with that statement in some places, but they are true hybrids and they're sterile. So you, any yep. any state uh, organization that's involved with the fisheries, it's uh, much more uh, easy to manage the populations because of that. You know, it's a true put and take type situation. So uh, they're not going to get overpopulated if uh, as long as the fisheries department do their uh krill surveys and this and that and the other so okay that takes us through the winter time uh let's talk a little bit about how you prepare these fish folks these fish are uh if you do a few little things these fish are very very good table fare wouldn't you agree trent yes sir they are they're really good white flaky meat uh the main thing that I, that i find is you just have to get the red line out uh once you get that red out you can fry it up 
bake it, grill it. Um, there's times where I'll leave it, uh, leave the meat or leave the skin on the meat and just uh, grill it, you know, with the skin on. Uh, kind of like a redfish, if you've ever had redfish grilled. Yeah. There's just so many different ways to cook it. Yeah. And, but the key, you know, that I found is just get the red meat out and it's just wonderful yeah folks what he's talking about is when you fillet one of these fish uh they're like much like stripers and much like sand bass i.e white bass is right in the middle of the fillet uh there's a strip of red meat that usually runs the full length of the fillet and what you want to do is you want to take and cut that red meat out uh of every fillet before you cook them and boy if you'll do that these these things you know trent alluded to the really really white flaky meat and they are very very good table fare as long as you take that red meat out making me hungry (laughs) i hear you well we've we've talked about the fish we've talked about the migration habits of these fish We've talked a little bit about the tackle and that, that you use to catch these fish, uh, and we've talked about, uh, you know, they're pretty good table fare as well. So uh, tell us, uh, do you do you guide year-round? I'm a full-time guide. Um, I just try to find whatever's biting at the time. Of course, my, you know, my springtime is, is always filled with hybrids. Yeah. Uh, that'll kind of transition over to sand bass. Um, and then into the winter time, you know, the catfish and, and spoonbill and, and the crappie and stuff. But, uh, no, I do this full time. If you want to go fishing, uh, just give me a call and, and we'll figure out what's biting, uh, what you want to find, what you want to catch, and, and I'll make it happen. And once again, how's the best way to get a hold of you, Trent, if they want to book a trip with you? The best way, the quickest way is to just call me on my phone number is 918-991-9749. You can call or text me. Um, and if I don't answer, just leave a message. I I usually don't answer if I'm on a guided trip. The other way is my website is mcbrideoutside.com. Uh, that'll have all of my information as well. Do you, uh, do you post uh, daily or weekly reports on your website as far as what you're doing? I haven't posted any reports in quite a while um, I, I try to do that on my facebook page occasionally uh, at least you know let people know what i'm catching how i'm catching where and the depth and all that um so you can find that on my on my facebook page uh, occasionally now is that also mcbride outside facebook page there is a mcbride outside or you can friend me personally it's trent mcbride okay Okay. And once again, Trent, what's that phone number? 918-991-9749. Folks, that's Trent McBride of McBride Outside. And like I said, he's uh, he's just Fish Outdoors approved. I have fished with this gentleman, and he, he does know what he's doing. Uh, a a, a uh, veteran, he he's, has some excellent equipment. Uh, tell us a little bit about your boat, Trent. My boat was custom made for uh, guide for hybrids. Um, it's a 22 foot Predator center console. I have a bait tank aboard. Of course, all the equipment, the latest equipment from Lawrence. Um, it's it's a very comfortable boat. It's easy to walk around. It's not small. You know, you're not going to feel confined. Right. Right. And, yeah. So you can but, easily uh, accommodate at least four anglers. 
four is perfect. So I've got four seats in there. I've had as many as uh, eight. Wow. Uh, that gets a little bit tight. <laughs> that's that's um, a little bit congested right there. That was a little bit tight. Fortunately, a couple of them were, were children. But yeah. uh, I supply everything. I supply all the tackle equipment, life jackets. I have water aboard. Sometimes I have snacks. I try to make it a, a all-inclusive style fishing trip. I even keep a grill aboard in case we get hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, how, how can it get any better than that right there? Not only does he take you out and catch fish, clean your fish, but he'll also cook your fish. <laughs> if we're hungry, we're going to eat fish. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Folks, that's Trent McBride. McBride outside, and and he guides in northeast Oklahoma on several different lakes, depending on the species you're after or what he's catching. He has wonderful equipment. He knows what he's doing. He's a very, very nice uh, young man. Of course, as old as I am, about everybody I consider a young man. So uh, uh, he he's, he he knows what he's doing, and and he 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 not only can talk the talk, he can walk the walk. So he, he this guy catches fish. So look him up if you're interested in booking a trip in Northeast Oklahoma. And uh, like I said, folks, I guarantee you he'll put you on a fish. Trent, man, I, I appreciate you coming on the show this evening, and, and I've had fun talking with you. Any last words from your side? Well, I sure appreciate you having me on, Bill, and it was good fishing with you last time you was out. I have to get you out again. Oh, and, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that. We may have to put yes, on a, a crappie trip. Hey, that sounds good. Sounds good. Um, no, if you want to contact me, you have my phone number and, and my website, and um, just give me a holler. All right, folks, like I said, that's Trent McBride, the McBride outside. He's uh, He guides in northeast Oklahoma, and uh, he, he definitely knows what he's doing. Look him up on his uh, Facebook page, McBride Outside, or you can also find him uh, on his website, McBride Outside. And uh, Trent, what's that phone number once again? 918-991-9749. All right, folks, that'll pretty much wrap it up for another Just Fish Outdoors uh, podcast edition. And uh, uh, like I said, I certainly appreciate Trent for coming on the show and uh, get in touch with him. He'll put you on the fish. Trent, thanks very much. We appreciate your time, and we'll catch you later. Yes, sir. Thank you.